praying for that we would be at Rock Valley Bible Church, a, a church that would live and act uh, like this, that these one another are very true in us. That's my, that's my aim. That's, that's a, so, so what do you hope at the end of summer when you're done preaching these? I, I hope that we better approximate all these exhortations in the, in the Bible. I, and my aim is very practical. I, I think I was very practical last week. We're going to be very practical this week. Last week we looked at encouraging one another. And um, just pray that that might come into your life. I, I know that for myself, saw some people's birthdays. I took some time. I took like three minutes on Facebook and just wrote out some things. Just trying to encourage others. Would encourage you, just however you can. Notes, speak. There's so much discouraging in the world. We need encouragement. Uh, this week we're going to look at praying for one another. And again, we're going to be very practical. It's not just going to be a message today about praying for one another and then we kind of go home. If we're exhorted to pray one another, we're going to pray for one another. And we're going to do that right in the midst of my sermon. So my, uh, my message is going to stop sometimes. We're going to say, you know what, here's something that we need to pray for. And so we're going to pray for that. Uh, sometimes up front, sometimes in groups, sometimes people... Uh, just according to needs of what we can pray for. Um, and we're going to use James 5 as sort of our, our guidance in our, our, our prayer time this morning, my sermon time this morning. So you can open your Bibles to James 5, 1013 in your pew Bibles. <clears throat> James chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 13 through 18. James writes, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. And surprisingly, in verse 16, we have the one and only command in the Bible that says, pray for one another. Now, that's not to say that's the only place in the Bible where we're commanded to pray, because there are a lot of scriptures where we're commanded to pray. Um, Paul, 1 Thessalonians 5.25, simply said, brothers, pray for us. In Colossians 4, verse 3, he said, pray also for us that God may open to us, a door for the word. And in both instances, Paul's writing to the church said, pray for us. So this concept of, of praying for one another is, is all over the New Testament. Um, in fact, Paul gave examples of how he prayed for other people. To those in Corinth, he wrote, 1 Corinthians 1, 4, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. I'm thanking God for you, praying for you. To those in Philippi, I thank my God and all my remembrance of you, always in my every prayer of mine for you, making my prayer with joy. So as he was praying for those in Philippi, he was doing so with joy, but constantly, always praying. To Timothy he wrote, I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. Paul was praying often. He, he encouraged us to pray for him. And the Bible calls us 
to pray to God on behalf of others. I mean, think, listen to how broad this scripture is. First Timothy two. Paul told Timothy that supplications, prayers, and intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people, including kings and all who are in high places. So we should pray for everyone. Now, of course, we can't do that with six, seven, eight billion people on the planet. We can't, can't do that. But it's the call for us to see around who there are who we can pray for one another. Samuel when the anointing of the king was, in fact, I think it was at the end of his ministry, he said, may I not sin by ceasing to pray for you. It's sin not to pray for people. And we need to pray for one another. Just as this says in James, chapter 5, verse 16, pray for one another. Now James, this isn't the first time he talked about prayer. In fact, uh, there's a lot of prayer in, uh, in James. It's not to um, be unexpected because James is a real practical book. It's just hitting a, lot, a bunch of different practical topics, which is even difficult to find a single theme in James. He calls in chapter 1 for us to rejoice through our trials and prove ourselves to be doers of the Word. Chapter 2, he says, don't show favoritism, right? but, but let your faith work itself, in, work itself out in works. In chapter 3, he says to tame the tongue and let true wisdom come from your mouth. In chapter 4, he speaks away about turning away from the world and, and living a, a God-centered life that doesn't boast in your own strength, but boasts in God. In chapter 5, he warns the rich, encourage us to be like Job and encourage us to be like Elijah in our prayers. This isn't the first time that James called us to prayer. Look, look back at chapter 1, verse 5. He's calling us to prayer. If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask God who gives generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. The, the idea there is you're facing a trial, and, and you're rejoicing because you know it's going to produce, but, but then when you lack the wisdom to walk through that trial, James says to ask God, and he will generously give you the wisdom that you need. He is, is ready and, and open to hear our prayers. If we would just pray in chapter 4, verse 2, he says that... You do not have because you do not ask. In other words, he's saying you, you don't have these things, so you're not asking. You need to pray, so you have these things. Or you pray with the right motives because chapter 4, verse 3 says you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly just to spend it on your own passions. But the promise of prayer comes in James chapter 4, verse 8. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. So as we approach this passage here, James chapter 5, Verses 13 and following. What I, what I just want to do is just kind of walk through the text and we're going to stop every now and then when I think here's a, here's a good application for how we can pray for one another. Um, I, I know in this room there, there are many, many needs. And I just, I, I feel like I want to be applicational. I want us to, to pray for one another in this, this service here this morning. I want to pray for you needing prayer. And uh, hopefully my, my aim is even at the end of the service we'll uh, kind of towards the end, we'll break up and everybody we pray for by name, just so we break up into groups we're praying for one another. Just, that's my aim. I, I hope that every single one of us, our names come before the throne of God before we leave this room. Well, if, if any outline today, it's just uh, just James, or overview, and then prayers, kind of things go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So let's just walk through the verses. James chapter 5, verse 13 begins with these words, Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? 
Let him sing praise. And I think that call to pray is simply praying according to your need or according to the, the circumstances in your life. If, if things in your life are difficult, James calls us to pray. And if things and circumstances in your life are going well, he calls us to sing praise to God. And, and, and I believe that there are endless combinations of these things going on in, in people's lives. They, at the same time, you might have a lot of difficulty at work with some boss that you're encountering, or some, some conflict with some relationship there at work, and, and, you, and you might feel like, oh, I'm in, I'm in trouble, or things are going bad, or, or whatever, the company is going to fold, and I'm going to that could be bad, but at home, things are going to be going wonderfully well, with your family, you're, you're praying with your family, and praying with your spouse, and you're seeing inroads and opportunities for the gospel and evangelism, and I, and I think you can be, be sorrowful, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, yet always rejoicing. You can be doing these things all at the same time. And I think the idea here in verse 13 is just whatever is in your life, you just, you just pray. He's directing our attention to, to prayer and to praise to God. So I just thought about you know, some circumstances in our life where we, we just need prayer. And uh, in one instance, in fact, uh, I'm going to call the Brown family to come on up. Why don't you come on up? No Cora today? Is a nursery okay? She, that's that's totally fine. Well, I I don't know if you know this or not, but they the Browns are in the process of seeking to adopt a child into their home. They they uh, adopted Cora mm, a year and a half ago. A year ago, um, Cora was in their home since birth, and she is now three years old, something like that. She'll be three in June. She's still two, but but she'll be three in June. And um, so they 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 brought Cora into the home through. Uh, foster system, which is a wonderful thing, but everyone who signs up for a foster system, what I tell them is I say, you are signing up for heartache, but good heartache, just because you can have hearts broken, it's hard, and it's a, it's a long road, because you had Cora in your home, and you didn't know whether you'd keep her or not, and go back and forth, and just, just more difficult. Uh, they've looked into international adoption, but they're going to go through an agency to adopt this time, and the big difference between agency and... Um, um, foster care is about $30,000. Yes, it's a big difference. Um, but it can be easier on the, the heart. And so they've been saving. Um, they've applied for an adoption assistance program, which I filled out an application for them, just trying to do that. They don't have all. Um, and I would say, I don't think you're really close. Is that right? Okay. And um, so just um, one of the things I need to tell you uh, is that we elders had a, a meeting this past week and we decided that our adoption fund will go totally towards the Browns to help adopt this child. Uh, if you remember in... Um, you can close. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, it was 2012 that we started this adoption fund with a vision for this very thing. We want to promote adoption in our midst because as believers in Christ, we've been adopted in God's family and we are, as 1 John 3, 1 says, that we are children of God. And just to applaud that, there are many kids who could be in a better home, and to applaud the adoption effort, and to pull out the richness of that symbolism and imagery, we want to remind us of that, promote adoption however we can. We've just set aside 1% of any undesignated giving to the adoption fund. And currently there's about $6,500 in it. Maybe we're close to $7,000, I'm not... Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but when the adoption is final, 
that will all go to the Browns. And so I can say this in a way the Browns can't. If you want to have a part in a partnership in their family and their child, you can just give to the, de- to the adoption fund. Since we've designated it's going to go to the Browns, it will go towards their adoption. And I would really encourage you all just to think about, um, you know, do I want to give extra? Do I want to give this to help them, their financial sacrifice, to be a part of, of their family? Uh, their process right now, they're filled out an applic- filling out an application. Fill out an application, okay. And uh, you're going to have a uh, home study sometime. And then hopefully by the end of summer, you'll be on profile. Okay, so what that means is they are on the books, and as soon as they get on the books, uh, it means, well, it means whatever, about, about well, $15,000 to get on, the, on something like that. And from that moment on, the next day they could get a call and say, you know what, there's a gal in the hospital and she's having a baby and she wants to give you a child. Um, or it could be three years down the road until that call comes. Um, and then when that final adoption comes, it's another whatever or whatever. And so what I would encourage you to do is just pray about, think about giving towards their family. Um, Anything else I need to add? Um, Yeah, Yeah, what, 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 what? Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Let's just pray and pray with me. This is a it's an opportunity to kind of rejoice, but they're needy, they're helpful, and just even as James says, anyone suffering, they're maybe not suffering, but there is this difficulty, hardship, big mountain they're facing. So let's, let's pray together. Father, I would pray for the Browns, just thank you for their heart that wants to bring in a, a foreign child into their home that they can have as theirs and will be theirs every bit as much as Thatcher is theirs. Thank you just for what Cora has done for them and their family and done for us at church. would pray that you would guide this whole process. I pray for funds. Lord, I would pray that you would stir people here in this room to give um, to their adoption efforts. God, I pray that that would, uh, God, that they would not have to feel the full brunt of, of all the finances and the difficulty of what that is. And that, Father, I pray for this child that will come into their home. Um, God, you know. Uh, God, you know our days before we're born. God, you knit us and form us in our our mother's womb. Um, Father, so you know this child, and but but we don't. And we are praying for this child that you would be gracious, God, to the Browns to bring them a a godly child who would come to know and love you and serve you with his or her whole heart for all of their lives. I would pray for the Browns. I, I pray for patience. God, I pray that they would be able to endure this uh, difficult time of waiting uh, of prayer. God, may it be a sweet time of patience. I pray even they'd learn from Job of just the, the, the patience. Um, the, the suffering is different, certainly, God, but the agony, toil, anticipation. I, I pray, God, that you would help them at that time, and, and I pray that we as a church family would be able to be involved in this as is appropriate, and that we would rejoice, God, when this child comes to being, that we would take this child into, into our church family and uh, love him or her, serve him or her, teach him or her, the nursery and children's church and growing up in, in church. God, so help, we just pray your blessing upon the, the Browns in this process. Pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, you can go down. Thanks, Thatcher.
You really help. Thanks for clarifying those things. Uh, well, James chapter 5, verse 13 says, Is any of you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. And uh, we have the Gishals are, are cheerful today, uh, just with Karina and her surgery. And so I, I told Bill that he can come and sing a solo for us if he'd like to sing praise. <laughs> Bill, if you could come and just share. Um, we got a letter, I think, that Christy wrote. You come and share that with us and we'll rejoice with you. Um, and I am cheerful and I do sing my praise to the Lord on behalf of our family and uh, one of those thank you and one of those things that I praise the Lord for is all of you and uh, all the prayers that were there raised up to God for Karina and uh, so Christy had uh, penned this letter to talk about uh, a little bit about what happened here and um She says, Dear Church family, thank you so much for your love, prayers, and encouragement during this past week. It really has meant a lot to us. We are so thankful for how well Karina came through her surgery and how quickly she was able to come home. Even though there is still a lot of healing that needs to take place, it's so much better to heal at home, surrounded by those who love her. Going into the surgery, the surgeon told us that he had the most qualified team that he's ever had there with him to operate on Karina. He also told us that he had the expertise and experience of 70 to 80 other surgeons that he had personally talked to before going into this surgery. He told us he would treat her like his own daughter. Two days post-surgery, one of the nurses said she was a friend with the surgeon on Facebook. He had just posted about the amazing surgery he had been able to perform and how it was the best thing he had ever accomplished. be able to help this little girl. I really don't think he'd ever done this particular surgery. Thank you for praying for us and for him and his team. To God be the glory. Christy for the flock of Gishals. And uh, I just ask that you continue to pray pray for, um, you know, all this went so smoothly, but um, with many things, there's things we maybe pray for at the initial point of... um, experience and sometimes prayers tend to drop off with things and and I I would ask I know this is in my own life too that uh, sometimes this happens with things and so I would just encourage you to even if it's not for Karina in particular just things that people are asking you to pray for um, please kind of follow through with those things and um, so I, I don't stand up here trying to act like I I do these things and whatever. So I'm just asking you um, as our church family to, um, you know, whether it's writing them down or whatever, for all these things that will probably be mentioned today, please pray for them and continue. So thank you so much. Why don't you stay up here, Bill? So Karina had um, muscle taken from her thigh and put in her jaw. Like if those of you who know her, he's got a deformity at birth. And she said... Bill told me yesterday that at the ultrasound, when they looked at it initially, she had nothing, like from here down. Yeah, no nose or mouth. We couldn't see anything there. So. And uh, so they're kind of replacing that. So I think just pray God would reestablish the nerves so that she can move her mouth rightly. Right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
Let me, let me pray. Let's just stay here, Phil. Phil. Father, we pray for Karina. We rejoice with the Gishel family and just how well things went. God, uh, they were supposed to be in for 10 days. And God, you just worked just um, Monday through Friday and um, just were home. And we pray for recovery. I pray for those nerves. God, it seems to be the most important thing that they would regenerate, that they would form, that they would form their connections. God, that she would um, God, just be much better with her mouth to be able to use, use it. I pray that the healing process would go well to abound to your glory. pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Great. All right, James chapter 5. We continue on here, verse 14. He says, Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, really, this is a continuation of verse 13, um, with the exception that the circumstances in someone's life are so difficult, particularly difficult, that you're not just praying for yourself, but you're wanting others to come and pray for you. In this case, you're asking the elders of the church to come and pray, and they're going to come and pray while anointing with oil. Now, this oil, it could be medicinal, um, I mean, back in the ancient world, oil was often used medically. And uh, so, in other words, when the elders to come and pray, bring your medicine. So, we might, might say things are so bad, and we were calling the elders to come and pray as you head off to your radiation treatment to solve your cancer, to help with your cancer treatment, or, or, or to pray as you, as you head off into surgery, as you are being anointed with oil, as you are uh, taking your medicine. Or, or this oil, it's been debated whether it's sacramental or not, like, like just a blessing that the oil would come upon the head like it came upon Aaron, the priest's head. It's the oil becomes a, a symbolic expression, perhaps, of the, the anointing presence of God. We don't know the, the purpose of, of the oil, but we do know the priority of, of prayer, which really comes out of here, letting your requests be made known to God. And, and there's a big promise of healing, verse 15. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now, what's difficult about this verse is that this promise doesn't seem always to come true. Right? There have been many who have been prayed for and anointed with oil who have not been cured of their disease, or have gone ahead and nonetheless died of their cancer. So perhaps the best way to understand verse 15 is to understand it spiritually rather than physically and that the prayer of faith will bring salvation. It makes sense in light of that that last phrase, right? If he has committed sins, it will be forgiven him. And it it totally makes sense in light of the gospel, right? The one who's seeking help is is seeking help and calling upon others to come and pray as, as help is sought from the Lord. And we know that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Right? Calling upon the name of the Lord means seeing our help and, and seeing our need, for, need, seeing our need and uh, seeing our sin and confessing our sin and, and seeing Jesus and understanding that He's the one who died for our sins. He's the one who's able to save us. I mean, Jesus came to save His people from their sins. And that's, that's exactly where James is heading here with, uh, with the, the verse that says if He's committed sins, they will be forgiven. So perhaps the seeking is not... Not so much for physical healing as it is for spiritual healing. Or maybe the physical is combined with the spiritual. It's difficult. Maybe we're trying to cut it up, spiritual and physical, where it shouldn't even be cut up. I'm not sure. 
But James 5.16 then says, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And then apparently in calling the elders, it's, it's more than just a physician's house call that's, that's taking place here. It's an eminently spiritual event. Right? Someone's sick and, and, and they call for, for elders. And in that visit, some conversation in, ensues and, and uh, opportunity to confess sin, to be able to come completely clean before the Lord as they come to the presence of, of God seeking healing and seeking prayer. It's a time of, of difficulty and hardship, but there is, uh, there's a promise there of, of healing and reward. And so, as James 5 continues to talk about the sick, what, what, what I'd like to do is, is this passage says, if you're sick, call on the elders to pray for you. you know, I'm going to turn that around this morning and saying, I as an elder, as a pastor, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to identify some people who are sick, and we'll pray for you today. And, and so, I, so I was looking down about those who are, are sick in our midst or dealing with some chronic illnesses. I, I see some of them aren't here today, maybe because of that. Um, but I, I just think, Terry, you have some chronic health problems, right? Just maybe some stomach problems, kind of just blanket it, just even as easy as that. And as I... So I, I go along here, I'm just kind of looking, looking back. Um, Emma, you're here. Yeah, Emma's just recently diagnosed with, recently, a year ago, a year and a half ago with uh, diabetes and uh, with Crohn's, and that's caused some difficulty. That's a, that's a chronic sort of disease. As I come over here, I look at uh, Virginia. You've got a hip problem, and you're going to have a total hip done at the end of May. And uh, you've been, you without a walker today, or do you have your walker? You're without a walker today, you're tough today, okay. Um, but she, Virginia deals with chronic bowel, stomach problems, and hip problems, and I think about Lance, and uh, most of all you know he's struggling with Parkinson's disease, and, and that's a chronic, that's a chronic sort of disease. Um, and Don, dealing with Parkinson's disease as well, as well as some dementia, and that's it's very real. It's a chronic sort of thing. And as I, as I move back, I'm just kind of looking over here. Uh, Jeff, Linda Kay's not here today. Okay, she's okay today, but she deals with um, charcoal. Yeah, exactly. Charcoal Marie Tooth. It's a degenerative foot thing. You see, she's got a boot on her leg because her bones and her her foot like they won't ever heal. It's kind of. And on top of that, diabetes, that's just a chronic, those are chronic things to pray for. And so I, so I go back, uh, Janet, you've had some chronic pain and some headaches and just like a long-term deal. And even going back, Arm Brewsters, Martha, you and Grant both dealt with some just chronic, chronic pain. Grant, because of a military and... Um, you felt had some things as well. Uh, other people, like I'm just looking at uh, Tammy Gowen, she's had some head pains and she's um, had surgery for that recently. And just looking at my list, uh, Phil, your your mother, broken hip that 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 there's a broken leg trying to heal. I know that Toby Mitchell's had some just just systemic health problems. He's trying to to figure out uh, the Spates family. They're not here today. Um, but I know that uh, Michelle has just recently been diagnosed with Crohn's. Is that right? And Aisha has, has that as well. So just a, just a stomach issue there as well. So here's what I'd like to do. 
just why don't you find someone just close around who is here and maybe kind of group around those people and I'm going to ask one person just to pray for each of those people. So um, and maybe, maybe even if you're a far, I, I know Terry real well, so I'll, I'll come and pray for Terry. So anyone would like to pray for Terry? Could you do that? Okay, so why don't you guys move over towards Terry. Uh, Nancy, you can do that. And who, who you got to help me out coming back here. Emma, who would like to pray for Emma? Ruthie? Okay, Ruthie, why don't you head back there and uh, you can pray for Emma. That would be great. Um, Virginia, who'd like to pray for Virginia? And I'd like to gauge. Okay, go ahead. Why don't you pray for and and Lance? Who'd like to pray for Lance? Okay, Rich, you're right there. And for Don, who would like to pray for Don? Uh, Betty, you could do that. That'd be great. And as we move back, who else? You know, we'll pray for Linda K. In in and who'd like to pray for Linda K. Okay, you could do that, uh, Grace. Uh, that'd be wonderful. And uh, Janet, who would like to pray for Janet? Just uh, okay. Chuck, you could do that. And for the arm Brewsters, who'd like to pray for the arm Brewsters? Anyone do that? Andy. So how about maybe you move back so you can get closer? So I want to, what I'm doing, kind of like fruit basket up. You just get around some of these people just so they can feel, feel like don't, and you just put your hands on them when you're being prayed for. I just want people to feel loved and people to be prayed for. That's what this message is about. Okay, so everyone like stand up and kind of get around one of these people. Like maybe need more of you over here. We got a, got a group. We only got two people over here. So maybe kind of move over here a little bit. So encouraged by the children who just volunteered to pray. It's a good sign. Okay, we are, are James chapter 5. We're looking here at uh, the end of verse 16. And, and here this is leading us to the example of Elijah and, and gives us uh, just a, a vision for the power of prayer. It says at the end of verse 16, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working or the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And that's where the power of the prayer lies. It's not in a pastor. It's not in a priest. right? It's in a, it's a righteous person. Because a righteous person is one who's walking with God, knows God's Word, has fellowship with the Lord, is, is speaking with God, is praying with God, and as he or she prays, is out of a, a close relationship with the Lord. And God hears, hears the prayer. And if you want proof that God hears... The power, the prayer of a righteous person, you don't need to go any further than looking at the example of Elijah. It says in verse 17 that Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. It takes us back to 1 Kings 17 and 18, which tells the story of Elijah and Ahab and their conflicts. And... Um, what happened was Elijah, directed by the Lord, told Ahab, he said, as 1 Kings 17, 1, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there should be neither dew nor rain these three years except by my word. And that made Elijah a marked man as the, um, the, the clouds dried up and there wasn't rain for three years. And he had to, in fact, go off in hiding to the brook Kareth where God provided for him with ravens coming and giving his food, but even that river eventually even dried up. But after three years, God summoned him to stand again before Ahab, and the scripture says that Elijah went up on the top of Mount Carmel, where he defeated the prophets of Baal, demonstrating that the, God, the true God, who, who brought fire down upon the sacrifice that was drenched in water so much, was the true God. Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel, 
and he bowed himself down to the ground and put his face between his knees. And Scripture doesn't say that he prayed, but James says he prayed, and surely that was a posture of prayer. And shortly after that, just a little cloud appeared in the sky and it got bigger and bigger and bigger and came the downpour at the words of Elijah, the prophet. It's an example of power of prayer in a righteous man. He can shut the heavens. He can open the heavens as he prays to God. And Jesus said a similar thing. If you have faith, does not doubt. If you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. There's just the power of us praying. So don't, don't ever diminish the power of your prayers. If you're righteously trusting in the Lord and you're walking with Him, know that your prayers are powerful. You have a connection with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, when James speaks about Elijah, he brings out two characteristics of Elijah, and this ought to come tremendously encouraging to us. First of all, he was a man with a, a nature like ours. That is, he, was a man, he wasn't anything special. He wasn't Superman. He wasn't, he wasn't divine deity, spark of deity in him. He wasn't. He was a man just like us. And it says also, secondly, that he prayed fervently. And I believe that when it comes to moving God, it's not because of our power, because Elijah was a man just like us, nothing special about him, but the fervent prayer was important, that he, he prayed fervently to the Lord. Um, you know, even Jesus encourages that in Luke chapter 18 with the, the widow who comes and just keeps asking. Or the friend whose, whose visitors come from a long way off just keeps asking and would, pr- would encourage you all in your prayers. Just keep asking and ask fervently. And I say, may this characterize our prayers. May it, may it flow from lives of righteousness and may our prayers be, be fervent as well. Um, and so at, at this point, even what I'd like to do is, is transition um, I'm just, I'm just trying to pray here. How about Phil and Darren, if you can come up and just pray for Yvonne and I as we go. Uh, I have on the, the back table a um, brochure about India. I sent this out in the Weekly Word. You, got, you probably didn't print it out. Certainly not in nice color. But, but here it is. This explaining about our, our four stops in our trip. We're privileged to be able to see Carissa in England, which we kind of, when she went over there, thought about doing that a year and a half ago. I said, yeah, maybe we'll come and visit you. <laughs> Yeah, we are, because of God's sovereign providence. We'll be in Siligree and uh, travel up to Betatar. Siligree with the uh, children's home, up to Betatar uh, with the pastors. And uh, then we'll, we'll go to Arunachal Pradesh, which that's kind of way, way out there. Um, in fact, in order to get there, it takes longer for us to get to Arunachal Pradesh, where we're going, than it takes for us to fly from here into India kind of giving an indication how far out that is because of all the, the roads and things like that. We're going to take a long train. Uh, we could fly, but there's got to be like a stopover. We've got to go someplace. It takes like 20 hours to fly there because of the long layover. Um, but that's, that's what we're doing. And, uh, and on the back here is some things to pray for. Health and safety. Guide us in strengthening the church in India. That's, that's what we want to do. We want to be used of God to strengthen and help the church, help these pastors. Uh, particularly even these pastors' wives, this would be a very special time for them in the, in the sense that some of these, I would suspect, have never been away for a night away from their home with their husband in 10, 15, 20 years. They just don't do that in India and Nepal. They, they think they're too poor. Really, they don't prioritize their marriage. Um, 
and pray for us to impact wives and pastors. And uh, pray for our kids while they're home. Grandma Lola will be here in your midst the next couple Sundays. You can help her. Um, she needs some help, but she kind of comes in. So, Yvonne, why don't you come up? And is Darren here? Yes, All right, so why don't you just pray for us then, Phil? You're, you're a righteous man. Your prayer is going to be powerful. So. Do you mind if I share something? No, go ahead. All right. It's all yours. I just want to uh, remind us uh, why uh, Steve and Yvonne are going overseas so that you can keep in mind when you pray for them daily um, what their task and mission is. And I read from Romans chapter 10, starting at verse 13. It says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless someone has been sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So let's spend a little time here just lifting uh, Stephen and Yvonne up in prayer. And I'll just ask them to come up here and I'll pray over them. Lord Jesus, we just want to lift uh, Stephen and Yvonne up to you right now. And Father, as we think back over the years, the many years as we've had connections with uh, First Love, how miraculous it was, Father, that you mm-hmm. were to lead us mm-hmm. to them. Father, at a time when we were seeking to serve overseas and seeking to um, spread the gospel internationally and how you orchestrated everything in such a perfect manner. And then we had a hand in, in seeing people that were without parents, Father, these little children become um, associated with the orphanages, Father. And then as LRI entered the picture, Father, how you were able to, again, your hand lead up, lead us to be involved with them and how Steve and Yvonne can now minister to those that are pastors and pastors' wives and the importance and the, Father, just the, the mission that they have overseas. Father, may this be an example of the multiplication of the gospel. Father, one teaching another and that one teaching others. Father, I pray for Steve as he is preparing to speak to the men that you would give him great wisdom and insight to the scriptures. May he understand the culture and may he understand the needs of the men as they go about their their tasks, Father. And I pray for Ivana as she is preparing to speak to the women, Father, and and, uh, how faithful she has been in in, uh, guiding other women, Father. Now she has a chance to do that as well overseas. Father, thank you for these opportunities that they have. But, Father, the task is not easy, and I ask that you would uh, keep them safe as they're on the road uh, and in the flight. And uh, guard, Father, their their bodies from any illness that might come about. Uh, Father, I know that in times past, Steve has had uh, illness, and, Father, I pray that you would guard against that. But even if they do, Father, I pray that you would work through the illness, Father, for your glory and honor. Father, thank you now for this time that we have spent with them uh, to pray over them. Father, may they come back with a great report, Father. And may we remember them daily as they are struggling, Father, to uh, complete the mission. Thank you, Father, for them. Thank you for this opportunity. And thank you for the glory of God. In Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen. Thank you. You want to plug your ladies thing? Okay, sure. 
couple weeks ago, or last week, I don't know, I asked for uh, all of the women to sign cards that I'm going to bring. They're on the table back out there. And also the women and children who made gifts yesterday, I thank you so much for doing that. And can you especially be sure to sign the cards so that I can tell the women that people here who made the gifts for them sign the cards. So just be sure you sign them. I'd love to have them filled with signatures. Thank you. Right. So if you were here working your child, um, whatever, do that. Also, big thanks to those who gave extra Legos. Thank you, one guy in particular, just sacrifice. Just love the way kids are engaged in the work of God, our church. Just thankful for that. Um, okay, I want to transition one more time, and then we'll, we'll transition to the Lord's Supper. Um, but I mentioned at the beginning of my message, what I would like to see is that every person in this auditorium is prayed for by name. I just think of the, the command that says, pray for one another. And it says, pray for everyone. Pray for all of us. And so what I'd like you to do is, is get in groups, maybe about three or four tops. And um, maybe what we'll do is we'll have two people pray. So one person, doesn't one person to pray for half the people? Have other person pray for uh, the other half of the people. I just want names prayed. And you say, well, what should I pray? Well, maybe Ephesians would be a good place. You want to turn over there. Uh, you say, what, what, what do I pray for people? Maybe I don't know them very well. Maybe I, you know, I just I could just say, I just pray for blessing. Um, here's something you can pray for them. In Ephesians chapter 3 is what Darren read for us. Is a good prayer to memorize, perhaps, that as, as you're called upon to pray for people, this would be a great thing to pray. Ephesians three fourteen and following. For this reason, Paul says, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And so there's just a prayer that, that we would be filled and strengthened with power in the inner man. I mean, we focus, James 5 does rightly, on the outer man or the sickness. So just speak about the inner man, the, the sin and the forgiveness here. But you pray for other believers. Just pray for them to be strengthened in the inner man. It's a promise we have. And the strength in there that, that we might know the love of Christ, right? That the, that the love of Christ in the gospel, the, the salvation by grace that comes because God simply loved us, would be true and evident in our lives. And we would see that powerfully work itself out. So that might be something good to pray that just we would be strengthened with power in the inner man. So I want you to break up in some groups. Okay, I'm not going to sign up, but you've got to get groups. I want everyone in, to be prayed for by name. So I want you to break, break, break up right now, and then I'll say when we can start.